All right, open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read a very familiar portion of Scripture. And I've got to admit to you, this has been something the Lord has kind of been dealing with me personally on. And so this may just be a practice session. Uh, Hopefully you'll glean something out of it. If you don't, you know, sometimes, well, you know, I listen to preachers and I listen to messages. So, wow, that was a good message. There's been some I listened to, and I just kind of, well, it didn't do much for me. And uh, then, But then there's been messages that seem like when I listened to them, they really applied directly to me. And I don't know uh, where you're going to stand uh, uh, or, or how it's going to hit you tonight as the church, but I want to preach a message tonight, and I might just stand up here and preach to myself, Brother Laney. I don't know. And... Uh, if, if that's the way it goes, just amen me while I preach it and receive it. Is that all right? Praise the Lord. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, praise the Lord, in verse 10, we'll actually read in verse 9. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. It is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Praise God. And Titus have I sent to Ephesus the cloak that I left to Trios with Carpus? When thou comest, bring it with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Amen. We find Apostle Paul here uh, writing a letter to Timothy, who is a individual that the, the Apostle Paul has taken under his proverbial wing, if you will, and has nurtured him. And to, for the furtherance of the gospel. And these other men that I have read of here, uh, with the exception of probably Luke, all these different men at some time or another were under the, the authority and teaching, direct teaching of the Apostle Paul. And we, we look in, uh, in verse 11, the Bible said, Only Luke is with me. Uh, Luke at this time is an old man. He is, if you remember, one of the disciples of Christ. Amen. As a young man, he knew Christ. He, and, and Luke is with Paul. And while he is with Paul, he is also uh, uh, detailing the chronicles of the travelings of Paul. And they, that would be later called the book of Acts, the Acts of the church. Praise God. And the apostle Paul is with him. Uh, or Luke is with the Apostle Paul, journeying with him, understanding that with Paul there is a revolution that is taking place and the, the, the church of the living God is entering into a new era and he wants to capture it in pen and in story. Amen. He wants to capture the, the acts uh, uh, thereof. But, and so the Apostle Paul references him being with him in this scripture. But with all the the... the the uh, uh, help that Luke is uh, uh, psychologically, with all the help that Luke is in the sense of uh, 
uh, uh, emotional stability and just being there to try to help Paul, being there for him to give him guidance. He is an elder to Paul to give him guidance. He is limited at the furtherance of the gospel in the sense of right then, amen, with the vision that Paul has. Amen. Luke's there for another purpose. Luke has got a purpose that God is, has ordained for him to do. And so the Apostle Paul, amen, being with Luke, an elder, uh, uh, still doing what he is, is to do for God by preaching to the Greek, he has these different individuals that have sat under him and they are, they are, they, they are now being sent out. We know the story of John Mark and how that uh, uh, he felt like John Mark at a particular time was not ready and he was with them. John Mark was, was a man of, of uh, he was a, a, no doubt a, a zealous young man and wanted to, to do things. And Paul, for whatever reason, felt like he wasn't ready. And, and, and Barnabas felt like that he, wa- that, that he just needed more mentoring. We know that the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, at the early part of the, mission, the missionary, uh, uh, when the missionary, uh, uh, the call for the missions began to start, we, we know that there was a contention there because uh, uh, Paul did not feel like Mark was ready and Barnabas felt like he needed to come along to learn. And so it is, it is felt like, and I'll throw this in here, it is felt like by theologians and historians that John Mark, who we get the book of Mark from, uh, he is the author of Mark, not the, uh, not the disciple Mark, but John Mark is the author of the Gospel of Mark. And it, it is believed that when, when Paul said John Mark is not going to work, he's not going to, that Peter, that Mark went back to Jerusalem and Peter took Mark under his wing, and he became a disciple of a sense of Peter, and uh, and and so uh, John Mark became mentored. And through the years, the Apostle Paul watched this from afar off, and seeing that he he might have made a wrong decision, or 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 he 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 maybe he didn't regret his decision. Maybe he looked and he said, "Well, I didn't have time to do what Peter could do, but now he's ready." And so send Mark to me. And so we find him in this situation that he is in. And he's talking to Timothy, one of his, one of his beloved uh, 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 men that he called son. Praise God. That he, he, he mentored. We all know we, Timothy's probably the most popular of these different ones that, that the Apostle Paul took under his wing. But in reading this, amen, and, and I know that this is kind of a long introduction, I want to focus on a very, very familiar portion of the scripture that many times has been preached on. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, praise God, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Amen. I want to preach tonight a message, probably won't preach long, on a message that I want to title, The Preacher of the World Never Got to Hear. The preacher of the world never got to hear. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this night. We thank you, God, for the word, God, that you have given us. God, the inspiration, God, that you have laid upon us. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would manifest thyself tonight somehow, some way or another in this word. God, in this delivery, God, I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. We look here in this scripture, 
Amen. For Demas hath forsaken me. There are, there's a multiple amount of different men, praise God, as already has been mentioned, that, that have departed from the Apostle Paul. But every one of them, it seems like, have departed to go into the ministry. They have gone out to preach the gospel. And it, 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 is, it is heartbreaking if you really get into it and think about it. Amen. That there was one that Paul mentored. Amen. But he has forsaken Paul. Now what Paul is saying, amen, if we can try to try to put this, take this out of uh, proper, amen, English if you will, and just get it, he's let me down. He, he's turned, he, he's walked away. He's kind of just, you know, he, he's moved, he, he's gone to another uh, uh, facet, if you will. He's not, not with me any longer. He don't see, he doesn't have the burden anymore. Uh, 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 what seemed to be so promising in Demas is now gone. Uh, hallelujah, that, that light, amen, that, that, that he showed when he was, that, that promise that he showed when, and you know, some people will do that, amen, you can let, you can, you can look at Mark, John Mark, and you say, you know, I don't know about this guy, and you look at a guy like Demas, and you take him under your wing, and, 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 and John Mark shows up, amen, when the chips are down, and Demas leaves, praise God, when, amen, when things get bad, isn't it something, how that, that happens, praise God. God. Amen. Demas is not just somebody that is in it, praise God, to drive the bus. Demas is not just in it as somebody, amen, who is there to warm a church. Demas has come into this thing, no doubt, as a minister of the gospel. Praise God. And uh, I've looked at my life, and I've watched. I can remember the, Amen. At just uh, at the age of fifteen, and I, I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. It's a big part of my life, and and a lot, uh, you know, it's the primary reason why I stand before you at times and preach to you. But at fifteen years of age, I remember that 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 uh, that time when it was so precious in my life when the Lord made Himself. So so real to me, and he he revealed his calling upon my life there at Dryden Road in in uh, in, in Ohio, in Marion, Ohio, right there next to Dayton. And I can remember it like today, just the, amen, the, the feeling of commission that I received and the love that I felt from God and the, the awe that I felt, respect that I felt that He would choose me. Praise God. And uh, through, the, through life and through time, we have, we have endeavored and there have been a lot of things that have stepped out, to, amen, from the enemy that have tried to stop me and tried to stop my family and tried to, amen, uh, 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 tried to destroy us, and then there are there are things of, be, of myself, praise God, that have, Amen, that have gotten the way of God's work and 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 what God wanted to do, Amen, that have caused me to, Amen, maybe to have to sit a while, maybe have to take a back seat for a while, Amen, Amen. There are things in my life that have caused me to, Amen, but I never lost that fire that was shut up in my bones, praise God, and I I. I uh, we, we've gone through a, through a stage, amen, or through a, a time in life where it seemed like, praise God, maybe it's a molting stage where, amen, God has tore off the feathers and started to, amen, rebuild again and trying to, and I don't know where God is trying to take me in this place that I'm in right now. Praise God. I don't know where God, what God is trying to do, amen, but I know there's something inside of me that wants to do it. 
Hallelujah. I said, I know there is something inside of me that wants to do it. I just want to please the Lord. Hallelujah. And I find more and more that there is there are things that I don't understand about God. There are things that I don't understand about Scripture. Amen. The more and more I feel inferior when it comes to, amen, preaching the Word of God and, and, and trying to uh, uh, profess what God has given me. But, amen, on the other hand, I have never felt praise God hallelujah closeness that I feel amen or that I can remember feeling where God is trying to amen do something in my family's life and do something with me oh hallelujah amen I remember here just a few weeks ago with these things burning inside of me amen answers you know we we all like to think (coughs) that God is going to Send Gabriel down or somebody, amen, maybe even the Lord of hosts as he did Joshua and stand before us and tell us, now this is what you're supposed to do. Amen, here's the guideline, here's the plan. Amen, but it don't always happen like that, does it? Oh, hallelujah. And so it is easy to get sidetracked. It is easy to get uh, uh, distracted. It is easy to get complacent, praise God. Amen, when you know that you've got a purpose like a preacher to you this morning and you know that God has something in store for you and something for you to do amen not for yourself but it's spectacular for him and you can feel that God has got a mission for you but nonetheless amen you are distracted you are praise God it is almost as if you are chained down amen I remember hallelujah here just a few weeks ago as the Lord has been churning inside of me and working on me and trying to get me to turn in a certain way back to him. Come on here now. I just want to be transparent with you and honest with you here. Like I said, if this don't apply, amen, maybe one day, amen, this is just practice and I'll preach it to a group of preachers. I don't know, but I want to to preach a little bit tonight on the preacher the world never got to hear. Amen, I was sitting down on the beach in Emerald Down North Carolina with a fishing pole hallelujah uh, uh, worshiping God while I'm throwing my line out in the water you know and uh, but but sitting there having a lot of time to think, and uh, I was going through some things on my phone, and I came across a a preacher preaching, and I stopped to listen to him. And this preacher began to tell a story. It was just, I mean, this is the way it happened. I'm sitting there, and this preacher begins to tell this story in the middle of his message because that's where I I, I lined it up at, and he, he's telling this story how that years ago, when he was a young evangelist, he stepped out. He felt like God wanted him to step out and evangelize. At that time, he was in the church of God. I think he still is, but he was in the church of God. Amen. And he, he decided, well, I'll go to this camp meeting over here, to this church. Amen. Go over here and maybe my name will get out and people will begin to ask me. So he goes. And when he goes to this camp meeting years ago, he goes to it and they the, the minister there has got word that this young man is a evangelist and so he asked him to preach. He preaches there, and after he preaches, the a, another preacher came to him and said, Now look, brother, he pastored a sizable church of God. He said, I heard you preach tonight, and I, I or, or this youth service or whatever. He said, Now I want you to come, and I want you to hold me a revival. He said, I'd never held a revival before. It was the first revival that I'd ever held. 
and uh, he, he said that we went to that church to preach. He said, I preached every night and I felt apprehensive. I felt like I, I just wasn't doing it. I felt like I wasn't getting the, uh, he meant doing what, you know, doing it right. He, was, he felt insecure in the way he was delivering his message. And, uh, and, and probably it was just an inward thing where the other, he meant where the people that were sitting there couldn't because we preachers battle a lot of uh, uh, things like that that you don't see a lot of times. And he, he said, I'd leave the pulpit and I'd wonder, God, am I really, is this really what you want me to do? Is this really what I'm supposed to do? I don't feel like I'm getting a job done, God. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't know if I'm connected. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Oh, hallelujah. He said, and I stood at the back door toward the end of revival and I was shaking hands with an elderly gentleman, gentleman with, uh, with, with, that, with, with a, a head full of white hair that had once been red. He said, walk back to me while I was standing at the back of the church. He said, and he came up to me and he took my hand and he held on to it and he wouldn't let go. And he looked at me and with tears in his eyes, he said, young man, he said, I want to tell you, God's got his hand on your life and God is moving on you. Don't ever let God down. He said, look at me, I'm an old man. He said, but years ago when I was your age, God called me to preach. And he said, I stood there and I listened to this guy. He said, and I thought to myself, everybody's called to preach. You know, you got this one's called to preach. This one says they're called to preach. All these different ones, you know, they, they're just, you know, when it comes to God calling somebody, all of a sudden God, God don't have any other calling. He just calls them to preach. He said, so I'm thinking, yeah, you know, yeah, sure, this guy's called to preach. But this old man, he said, I proceeded to listen to him. This old man said, now son, he said, years ago when I was your age, God called me to preach. He said, and I, I, I knew that the Lord had a special plan for my life. He said, I was anointed to preach the gospel. I felt the power of God. People were getting saved. He said, but I got married. He said, when I got married, he said, I knew I had to have a home. He said, so I got myself a good job. He said, I got a job. He said, we got a home, and I gave my wife some stability. He said and gave her that, that nurture that we needed. He said and, uh, he said, and we, we said well after we you know get established for a little while then we'll go out and we'll do what God wants us to do whether it's pastor church or whether it's evangelize. He said but then the baby started coming. Uh, he said we just felt like that we couldn't really travel or we couldn't really do what and we focused on raising them kids. Uh, he said I got myself a job and I went up in the amen just and started making more and more money and things were going good. Uh, he said, and, and our children, he said, then our children, we figured we'd wait till they became teenagers. Uh, he said, then when they became teenagers, we started thinking, well, they're going to want to go to college. Uh, he said, so we started saving so they'd go to college. Uh, he said, in the meanwhile, I'm not doing what God wants me to do. Uh, he said, the children got up and went to college. Uh, he said, then the grandbabies come along and we were trying to help them out as young couples. Uh, he said, 
said, before you know it, he said, no, I'm here now. I'm an old man, and I've got physical problems, and I just can't do what God called me to do when I was a young man. He said, preacher, let me tell you something. There's always a reason not to do what God has called you to do, but don't do what I did. Oh, hallelujah. He turned and walked away a broken-hearted man that had been called by God to preach the gospel. He met at that preacher, that young preacher said, I promised that man. When I looked at him, not even fully understanding what I was saying, he said, I promise you that'll never happen to me. Praise God. He said, I went on. He said, and I, he said, we finished out the revival. He said, I'm you know, I just kind of blew it off this old man and, and understood that people, you know, he said he was just an older guy that was trying to help me out. He said, but brother, he said, I went to the pastor. He said, I liked at that time it was cassette tapes. He said, I like to listen to preaching. He said, so the pastor found out. He said, we've got a cassette ministry. Feel free to go in the back, get whatever cassettes you want. And get a cassette tape. He said, get a few of them and take them and listen to them while you're going down the road. He said, I went and I found, he said, some tapes. And lo and behold, if I didn't see that old brother's name on one of them. He said, I thought, well, this will be interesting to hear what this guy's all about. He said, I went out to the car. He said, we had to travel a bit. He said, I stuck a tape in there of a preacher. He said, five to ten minutes into it. It wasn't doing nothing for me. He said, I just wasn't getting nothing out of it. He said, said, I hit the eject button. He said, then I reached over. He said, honey, give me that one and told her of the guy's name. She gave it to him. He said, I put it in the, in the cassette player. He said, 10 minutes later, my wife is sitting on the other side of the car. He met and watching as I bawled like a baby, wondering what is wrong with me. He said, but I knew I was sitting there listening to a preacher's preacher. He said, but he was a preacher the world never got to hear. And I I'm here to tell you tonight I don't know what God's called you to do and I don't know exactly what God's put inside of you to do for him but I'm telling you in all of us there is a certain amount of preacher there is a certain amount of ministry amen and it's not up to us to walk away to Thessalonica amen to the hub of the world and forget what God has done in our life and what God has called us to do Amen. Bear hunt with them. Amen. But tell them about Jesus. Amen. Go out and sit in the tree stand and whisper to them about the biggest buck you ever saw. Amen. But while you're doing it, I said, while you're doing it, talk to them about Jesus. Amen. The world needs to hear a preacher. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. The preacher of the world never got to hear. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. In this fertile time when the gospel is being planted in different parts of Asia, 
when the gospel, amen, is being shot out of Jerusalem on the, amen, out of the barrel of the Holy Ghost-driven fire. Hallelujah. Amen. And men are leaving their homes and they're, amen, they're, they're, they're sacrificing knowing that death might come to them. Amen. For going into a heathen society and preaching the gospel, amen, there's one. Amen. That just might have been the best preacher out of all of them. Amen. But he stayed home. Or he found himself a town to go to. And I'm telling you as a preacher, amen, as someone who's doing something for God, if you are human, amen, and you are humble, you will always feel a certain amount of inferiority, amen, when it comes to the task at hand. But nonetheless, somebody's got to do it. I said somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to teach them babies. Somebody's got to put a fire in their Sunday school class. Somebody, amen, has got to come back from Thessalonica and say, God, I was born for the mission. I was born for the call. I've got something to do for you. Lest I be a preacher that the world never gets to hear. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I look at myself. It ain't the greatest place in the world, but my house is paid for. I can't say that it'll always be like this, but where I'm at now, my vehicles are paid for. Very rarely do we struggle without any money. God has blessed us. Oh, glory to God. Oh, but what? It wasn't the most important thing for God for me to have a house paid for. It wasn't the most important thing for God for me to have vehicles that are paid for. It wasn't the most important thing, but it was the most important thing for me to bring hope to a lost and dying world. He met those that are blind in darkness. He met to see a marvelous light. Oh, come on here now. And I say, God, put something down inside of me. He met that'll be, amen, there. He met even when I don't feel like doing it. He met there's something inside of me. He met that says, Preacher, you got to preach. He met, Preacher, you got to say something. Preacher, you got to stand up. He met, Come on here now. I said, Come on here now. I want to know where you at, Mama. He met, Where you at, Daddy? Are you just going to let the kids go to hell? He met, In the world that we're living in, are you going to stand up and say, Listen? He met, You got to hear me preach to you a little bit. You got to hear me say something about Jesus. He met, Because that is the most important thing. We don't know if Demas went into heathenism. We know that uh, the Apostle Paul called it like it was. That we do know. We don't know whether he went to Thessalonica, got himself a job making good money, and still went to the synagogue every Sunday. But we do know in the letter, there's an underlying message that is given to Timothy don't do what he did <laughs> don't do what he did oh glory to God praise the Lord 
picture of the world never got to here. How many young men, the fire in their bosom was put out by the storms of this life. How many young men, the message was taken away because their heart was filled with things that were carnal. Preachers, the world never got to hear men with messages that were never preached. Young ladies, a man with a fire in their bosom to help another young lady, to help a church full of ladies, to try to inspire. Praise God, but all that's just taken away because of worldly cares. Honey, your children are important. But don't be so consumed in being a mama that you forget you're God's child. Oh, hallelujah. This is going to be kind of funny. But Dana, while you're waiting on the man, you remember that God's got a plan. And you do something for him. It ain't a long drive to church for most of you, but how many houses do you pass of people, praise God, even in Buckeye Hollow that have never been in this church? Now, I'm not telling you it's your duty to go knock on their door. Maybe it is. But what about when you just meet them in the store? Take time to say hello. Take time to talk to them a little bit. Oh, hallelujah. I said, oh, hallelujah. Jesus, they said, who is this man who subs with sinners? And much to the dismay of the worldly church, I contest, amen, he did not ever partake of their sin. But what he did do was he allowed himself, praise God, to come to them and bring hope. And not everybody's got the same style in their message. Not everybody's got the same type of message. But we've all got a message. You hear me? We've all got a message. And it's all about Jesus. Praise God. It's about Jesus. As we all bow our heads. I told you I wasn't going to preach very long. I don't know what God has in store for me right now. I know there are different things that have been impressed upon my heart. That quite honestly, I haven't even talked to my wife about. Oh, glory to God. I don't know what God has for us. Putting aside anything that I'd like to do, 
I don't know if in my heart if God has a lifetime of evangelism for me or he wants to move me into pastoralship. I really can't say. I don't know. After being where I've been, and even in some ways with my heart being in Thessalonica because I wanted to take care of some stuff, I feel inferior in my understanding of what God wants me to do. I feel inferior in my ability. Your pastor didn't know it. And if I, I want to say this right. A lot of times when you have friends and they really love you, they mean you well. They'll give you a good word. And I've learned that. I really have. But your pastor had no idea that this message had been on me and what I'd experienced in the past few weeks. He came to me this morning while the offering was being taken up. I believe it was the missionary offering, one of those times during or while we were waiting on the kids to come up. He said, before I came this morning, I felt the Lord deal with me that you needed to launch out. And I looked back at him as... Tears filled his eyes, and I said, well, sometimes I feel like Peter and the disciples. Which side of the boat are we supposed to put the net on, Lord? But nonetheless, he did not understand the confirmation being given. Sometimes God will bring... And God's trying to stir the nest and get you to do His will. Sometimes He'll create an adverse situation to stimulate your thought process. This is what I've been doing. It seems like it's been the right thing, but now I'm beginning to second-guess myself. I want to ask you tonight, you heard me, because I laid some things on the table, it probably revealed to you a part of a preacher that a lot of preachers don't want people to see. Where are you at? Oh, I wish I could remember all the song right now, but the phrase is coming to me. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory. Yes, grace. Precious Heavenly Father, we're gathered here tonight on a Sunday night.
And Lord, we are coming to ourselves. We are in a place where some of us might even have to be dealing. Might even we might even be put in a situation where we're having to deal with something as we have a face-off with it because we know that it's been getting between us and you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Where did Demas go? How did Demas end up, Lord? Did he ever make it back? Was he the one that died in the, in the gutter out there? An alcoholic? Indulged in heathenism? Or God, was he just that old preacher that no longer preached? That he gave up those dreams, that call years ago, and just came to the church house. Made sure he was there every service. And left and went home with a rearview mirror of regret. What happened to Demas? God, what about that little boy that right before Demas finally left Paul, that decided that he was going to go to that little service that they were going to have over there in that Greek town. But when they got there, it was canceled. Because they didn't have a preacher. Because he decided to go on back to Thessalonica. God, as he maybe grew up, or that young lady grew up, and their only chance of ever hearing the gospel was that one time when he should have been there and he canceled. They grew up and they... Maybe one of them became a dirge of society. A thief, a robber, a murderer. Maybe the other one, she married into a rich home and was well taken care of. But the sin that lived where she was at, the sin that lived in her life, the debauchery that was given, amen, and instilled into her children could have been stopped if Demas would have hung around. Father, here we are tonight in a little hollow back in the woods with people of like precious faith. May we remember the mission and may we perform the commission. I would like to invite everyone that will that feels a pull on your heart to do something more. I would like to invite you to the front to come and find yourself a place to pray. I know the altar itself is not big enough to accommodate everyone, but if you'll just move toward the front, everyone that will, as we all stand, that wants to do something more for God. Or maybe you're in auto mode. Maybe you do. You work for the church. You make sure that 
You're diligent. You do what you have to do. But the purpose of it has escaped you. Now it's out of duty, not out of vision. I ask you to find yourself a place to pray.